Well, hey guys, Colby here. Welcome back to Trucking Through the Bible. Let's jump into Jeremiah chapter 25. Jeremiah chapter 25. Uh, of course, you know, if you study through the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is uh, prophesying. He's a prophet called by God to bring God's word uh, to the people of Israel, the nation of Israel. And uh, he is right at the very right at the threshold of uh, the Babylonians coming in and basically taking over Israel that's that's his that's the time frame in which he was called uh, and of course he he is told back in in chapter 7 through 11 uh, you know he, he's telling the people to repent to turn from their sins and things uh, but he is coming in, like I said, right, right towards the very end of, of the nation of Israel actually having their residence in Israel, that kind of thing. What I'm saying is many have gone on before him. Many prophets before him have come and have been prophesying to the nation of Israel telling them to repent, telling them to turn, much like the nation I live in. Uh, for a couple hundred years, we've had men who have come from all different countries to our country, you know, we have had, they may have come from your country, uh, you know, wherever you may be, you may know of men who have left your country to go to America and to preach and to tell Americans to repent and to turn. Uh, this country has been an extraordinary place and had an extraordinary amount of blessing bestowed upon it. And I don't mean to always try to draw lines between what I see in the Bible and, and uh, what's going on in our country, but there are so many shocking parallels to what you know, to what's going on, the fact that we have had great preachers from coast to coast in America telling us, or telling our you know, forefathers and people before us to turn from your sin, to turn back to God, to do what God says, and yet we still have a, a alarming amount of abortions, an alarming amount of uh, just blatant sin, homosexuality, you know, the great, the Gay rights is a bigger thing in America than, uh, you know, than, than church and God and things like that. And, uh, you know, all these things are just blatant, outright, in-your-face sin, uh, according to God's Word. And, you know, one thing is as bad as another, for sure, and, you know... I don't have to specifically pick out anybody's sin, but when people specifically make an agenda out of this or that, uh, then if they put themselves out on blast, hey, look at me, I'm doing what I want. I live in America, a free country, regardless of who it is, or you know, regardless of the fact that God is the one who gave us that freedom, we're gonna do what we want right in the face of the very God who gave us this freedom 
and uh, we can and we can do it and we can be proud of it we can be proud of you know killing millions of unborn children in the womb uh, you know the child sex trafficking the blatant homosexuality uh, and these are just things that are coming right off the top of my head there's many many more the extortion the oppression of the of the foreigner who comes into our country all that kind of stuff it's all it's all terrible and it's not to say that I don't have sin in my life or or at least I don't have running sin in my life but it's not to say that I haven't walked in backsliding and I haven't done things that were uh, not glorifying to the Lord because I've done it I am a man of like passion uh, to my brethren or to the people of my country or even in your country wherever you may be or whatever you may do you know so I don't want to sound as if I am uh, up on a pedestal or anything like that but I do want to jump in Jeremiah 25 and uh, just remind you of where Jeremiah was it seems to be a lot a lot in common with where we are in this country maybe even where you are in your country a lot of people would say that where we are in the world as far as the timeline goes that uh, we don't have much time left it won't be long and, Je- and the Lord Jesus is going to be coming back it won't be long and the Antichrist is going to be revealed on the world scene and uh, you know things are going to uh, things are heating up as they would say so it would behoove us to get our house in order make sure that we're walking with the Lord but with that being said let's jump into it it says the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim the son of Josiah king of Judah which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and this is what he said from the 13th year of Josiah the king of Ammon king of Judah even to this day this is the 23rd year in which the word of the Lord has come to me this is Jeremiah saying it's been 23 years since the Lord has been speaking to me and I've been coming to you and telling you what the Lord has said He says, I have spoken to you rising early and speaking, but you have not listened. You have not listened. I've been doing it for 23 years. Consistently and consistently you have turned a deaf ear to me uh, as I've been trying to tell you what the Lord has been saying. Not been trying to tell you, but I've been telling you what the Lord has been telling you. The Lord has been saying, turn from your wicked ways. Stop worshiping these false gods stop doing the things that the other nations do uh stop doing the ungodly things you've been doing and for this long you have not listened and the lord has sent to you all his servants the prophets rising early and sending them but you have not listened nor inclined your ear to hear they said repent repent now every one of his evil way and his evil doings and dwell in the land that the Lord has given to you and your fathers forever and ever and do not go after other gods to serve them and worship them and do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hands and I will not harm you yet you have not listened to me says the Lord 
that you might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands and to your own hurt. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them. Notice, the king that is coming in to oppress the people of Israel, God says, this man's my servant. This man's my servant. That might be strange, but God uses, used even Satan himself in the book of Job, if you remember. He used even Satan himself in the book of Job to test Job, to bring Job to a farther conclusion and basically to glorify himself. God used Satan to test Job to glorify God. so that Satan would see that, that Job was not going to forsake the one true God, Yahweh. And in the same way, he says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, the one who's coming in to oppress you, the one who's coming in to take captive your people, is my servant. I have anointed him for this, to do this. Okay, there can be an anointing on somebody to bring revival and there can be an anointing on somebody to bring oppression. You understand what I'm saying? An anointing simply means, uh, you know, God puts his hand on this person or this man or this nation to do a certain thing, to do a deed, to do what God brings to pass. And whether your nation or my nation or wherever we are, whatever happens, God is going to allow it to happen and ultimately in the very end when the book is finally closed it will be for God's glory it will be for God's glory because he is absolutely sovereign he is the sovereign perfect holy creator of all things regardless of what all the other lesser gods lesser deities fallen angels principalities powers rulers of darkness say or present themselves to be God is absolutely perfectly sovereign and the God that I was speaking of is Yahweh and he has revealed himself to us through his son Jesus who is also God and that three in one the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and he is the one who says even Nebuchadnezzar is my servant he is the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land, against its inhabitants, he goes on to say, and against these nations all around, and will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment, a hissing, a perpetual desolation. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness. He's going to take joy and, and the, the voice of gladness from the land of Israel, he says. And the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride and the sound of the millstones. In other words, the basic way of life. God's going to take it away. Not going to be anymore. Uh, you know, the, it, it, there's not going to be rejoicing in a wedding, you know, uh, which is a common thing for the bridegroom to be rejoicing or the bride to be rejoicing families to be rejoicing he said I'm going to take that not only that but I'm going to take uh, industry you know it, it, the, the sound of the millstones 
points seemingly it points to industry and things productiveness and then even he says a lot of the lamp but it was that what does that tell you utilities right and of course if this does so happen to apply to the day that we live in now uh there's many many people many words many things being leaked saying that that this type of thing is going to come to multiple nations around the world and even my nation don't say that i don't take that lightly and i don't say it just to say it <laughs> uh anyway let's move on and this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years then it will come to pass when 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation strange isn't it he calls the king of Babylon Nebuchadnezzar his servant and then says I'm going to punish the king of Babylon for doing what I anointed him to do you say well, what in the world is going on here well god is sovereign and god can choose to do what he wants absolutely <clears throat> he said in the land of the chaldeans for their iniquity says the lord and i will make it a perpetual desolation so i will bring on that land all my words which i have pronounced against it all that is written in this book which Jeremiah has prophesied concerning all the nations for many nations and great kings shall be served by them also and I will repay them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hands for thus says the Lord God of Israel to me take this wine cup of my fury from my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send you to drink it this is God telling Jeremiah Jeremiah saying this is what God has told me and they will drink and stagger and go mad because of the sword that I will send among them then I took the cup from the Lord's hand and made all the nations drink to whom the Lord has sent me Jerusalem and the cities of Judah its kings and its princes to make them a desolation and astonishment a hissing and a curse as it is this day Pharaoh king of Egypt his servants his princes and all his people all the mixed multitude all the kings of the land of us all the kings of the land of the Philistines namely Ashkelon Gaza Ekron and the remnant of Ashdod Edom Moab and the people of Ammon all the kings of Tyre all the kings of Sidon and the kings of the coastlands which are across the sea Dedan Timah Buz and all who are in the farthest corners all the kings of Arabia and all the kings of the mixed multitude who dwell in the desert all the kings of Zimri all the kings of Elam and all the kings of the Medes all the kings of the north far and near one with another and all the kingdoms of the world which are on the face of the earth also the king of Shishak shall drink after them seems like a prophecy that is for the very end time doesn't it it says all the kings across the face of the earth Now, across the face of the earth means across the face of the earth and we know that that type of thing hasn't happened uh completely so you know there it is therefore you shall say to them thus says the lord of hosts the god of israel drink 
be drunk and vomit. Fall and rise no more because of the sword which I will send among you. And it shall be if they refuse to take the cup from your hand to drink, then you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, You shall certainly drink. For behold, I will begin to bring calamity on the city which is called by my name. And should you be utterly unpunished? You know, there's a... I don't know about where you live, but where I live in my country, there is... We'll just put it this way. Whoever it is that lays claim to the name of God who comes in and claims the Christian God like we have, there are stipulations, consequences, and things that follow along with that. You say you lay claim to the God of the Bible, but then you go against what the God of the Bible says to do, and then all along the way continue to lay claim to him, you're basically putting a target on yourself. Not just to the to the nations around you, not just to pagan gods and things like that, but to God Himself. Remember, Jesus came to save us from the wrath of of this of the God of the Bible, from Himself. It's the Lord Jesus who is going to come and exact retribution and exact the reckoning and exact destruction upon all those who oppose Him. And it's his wrath, the wrath of the Lamb, that we are saved from, if we're saved from anything. Not from the wrath of some some lesser God. Not from the wrath of Buddha or from the wrath of Muhammad or, or uh, I mean, Allah or whatever. No. And not from the wrath of certain gods that are identified in the Bible apart from Yahweh. That is the one to whom we are saved from because he is, again, the ultimate sovereign God. I want to back up. He says, For behold, I begin to bring calamity on the city which is called by my name. A nation which is called by his name as well goes continuously against him. How can we expect anything other than what he has allowed or done to this nation that we read about in Jeremiah? So whether I don't know where you live, but in, in my case, like I said, you lay claim to the Lord God, you better do what the Lord God says, because it'd be it'd be better be better to not lay claim to Him. And be better to not have laid claim to him and done something in ignorance than to know the truth, know the God of the Bible, lay claim to him, know his word, know his commandments, and to blatantly go against him. Blatantly go against him. Now that's a principle that's laid out clearly in the Bible. It had been better to not know him than to know him and thumb your nose in his face. He goes on to say, Therefore prophesy against them all these words, saying to them, The Lord will roar from on high and utter his voice from his holy habitation. 
he will roar mightily against his fold. He will give a shout as those who tread the grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. A noise will come to the ends of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with the nations. He will plead his case with all flesh. And he will give those who are wicked to the sword, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, disaster shall go forth from nation to nation. And a great whirlwind shall be raised up from the farthest parts of the earth. And at that day the slain of the Lord shall be from the one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth. Personally, I believe that's pointing directly to Armageddon to the very end. Which is obviously in our future. It says, they shall not be lamented or gathered or buried. They shall become refuse on the ground. Wail, shepherds, and cry. Roll about in the ashes, you leaders of the flock, for the days of your slaughter and your dispersions are fulfilled. You shall fall like a precious vessel. And the shepherds will have no way to flee nor the leaders of the flock to escape. A voice of the cry of the shepherds and a wailing of the leaders to the flock will be heard. For the Lord has plundered their pasture and the peaceful dwellings are cut down because of the fierce anger of the Lord. He has left his lair like the lion, for their land is desolate because of the fierceness of the oppressor and because of his fierce anger. Notice God now here is identified not as, he carries many titles. And depending upon how God is coming and approaching you, uh, He can be identified in different ways. Notice we're speaking of his fierce anger. And he is called the oppressor. Capital O. It's directly identifying God as the oppressor. You wouldn't think of him as the oppressor because that's something that doesn't seem to be... Uh, doesn't seem to run along the same character as a God that is merciful and gracious, but eventually God won't strive with man and his mercy and grace. He's going to withdraw it and then he's going to come as the oppressor, especially after Lord Jesus has come once and been crucified. He's a lamb that was slain. And, but this time he's coming back as the one, the executioner. Not for those who love him, but for those who oppose him. That's been Jeremiah chapter 25. I know it's been somewhat of a heavy, a heavy chapter, but nonetheless, the truth of God's word, nonetheless, the truth that will apply, can apply to us, and I pray I pray that it doesn't come upon our nation. I pray it doesn't come upon your nation. I, I wish that I wish that the end wasn't 
so bloody and it wasn't so fierce. But at the same time, God will get his glory. And I pray that those who have ears to hear will hear. I pray that if you can hear what I'm saying and you understand what I'm saying, that you would consider and that you would consider Jesus as your sweetest treasure and your precious, your most precious treasure, that you would call out to him and confess to him that you have been a sinner, but you understand that he gave his life for you and that you would pursue him wherever you are, whoever you are, and whenever you're listening to this. I pray this blesses you in Jesus' name. My name is Colby. This has been Trucking Through the Bible. Thank you.